everyone, welcome back to the How I Ripped Off Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. My name is Chip Thompson, and I'm joined as always by MC. That would be me. And this is episode 20 of season 4 of Tomorrow Gason, A Friend in Need, dot dot dot, part 2. We've done a lot, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, I was just thinking about it. It's like episode 20 of season 4. Jesus Christ. We've also got a spin-off. <sighs> So prolific. It's like it's all going to end soon or something. Room <laughs> spoilers. Uh, <laughs> what happened last time, MC? Uh, well, Jay came back from his trip to New York. He did. Um, with a totally uncursed and everything is fine. <laughs> Amulet of Fern, which is some sort of MacGuffin that protects babies. You know, on that note, we mm. made jokes about how it was like literally meant to be impenetrable and protect against all evil and stuff mm. like that. I was editing uh, the episode recently mm. where we first mentioned the armor of fern it first mm. turned out and it's literally like yeah no it can't be cursed no magic can harm it no mm. nothing it's the <laughs> force of all good nothing can do it except grow up alone apparently <laughs> but uh, yes other than the amulet of uh, uh, mc that's his name i forgot my <laughs> i forgot my own name he went off to fight some vampires that were conveniently pointed out to him by terry who <laughs> knows where vampires are for some reason yep and he fought some vampires uh, but there was one surviving vampire uh, who is sworn for revenge and, uh, I mean, oh no, and he's a just vampire. Like an ordinary vampire. Yeah. Do you remember earlier in the season when we had Gav's mortal enemy who was like a super old, strong, mm. devastating, scary vampire? Mm. And this is just like Brian. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's just a bloke you know from the bus stop. He's been a vampire for ten months. <laughs> and yeah, it's another one of those episodes where... It's like, I've got a point where I want to get to, but I felt the need to really drag it out. Mm. And I don't know if that's kind of in theme with how the December form, where like the big bads got killed off early, so now I'm kind of scrambling to get the season back a little well, bit. Well, I mean, there is still one December form guy left, who I guess will be the bad guy, is ultimate. He just going to turn up like at the end of the last episode and be like, ha ha, I'm back. <laughs> 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 now you haven't got to fight Brian anymore. <laughs> And we still don't know who the friend in need dot 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 is. That's very true. Hopefully this week we will find out. Yes, MC. Well, let's find out as mm. we get into <laughs> a friend in need dot 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 part two. Previously on Tomorrow Gason. Okay, Terry phoned with some intel about a nest of vampires holding up inside a huge abandoned factory not far from Victoria Station. MC said, looking down at his notepad. Anyway... I'm going to go take out this nest of vamps before the sun goes down. That silence was suddenly broken by a damp and wet figure bursting through the doors, his momentum nearly causing him to fall to the floor. Jay! Louise proclaimed. I got it! MC rushed over to him and reached out for the item, but hesitated, retracting his hand. Are you sure that's it? Dead sure! This is the armour of Fern! Just reassure me one last time that this is the genuine article. MC, do you really think I'd risk Amy's life? He hurried back in the direction of the B&B, blissfully unaware that high above in the ruins of what used to be a busy factory was one last vampire. Angry that his friends were dead, the vampire stalked MC, the thirst for revenge drowning him from the inside. He would take this stranger out and anyone he cared about. How does it work then? Gav asked. Well, pretty simple, really. You should, uh... Uh, shape it to whoever is to receive it, put it on them, and that's it. It'll take care of itself. Let me get this straight, MC said. All we have to do is clip it onto Amy, and that's it? She'll be protected by its magic? Got it in one. Are we going to use it then, MC? Jay wanted to know. 
I'll go get her. The vampire had tracked the stranger across London and to this bed and breakfast. He decided to wait until someone came out of the building. There were still hours to go until sunlight. He would have his chance. There was almost a hush in the room as MC returned with Amy. A great amount of expectation filled the four walls. Jay especially looked proud. He smiled and waved at Amy as MC walked past. Oh god, if something goes wrong we with said this the before. cursed amulet... Jay is going to be so broken. Said this last time. Yeah, oh, man. No. And also everyone's just going to be mean to Jay again and be like, it's absolutely your fault, Jay. Oh. It's not like we were the one who found out <laughs> about it. It's not like uh, we're the one who made the decision to put it on. Do you remember in uh, season three of Angel mm. when uh, Wes finds that uh, a prophecy or prophecy mm-hmm. that Angel's going to kill his own son so he tries to kidnap Connor as a baby and then Angel finds out and just tries to murder him and it's really <laughs> horrible and sad no. do you not remember that no. oh I'm worried that's going to happen I'm worried MC is going to try and smother Jay with a pillow <laughs> it's a little big for her isn't it Louise said looking at the amulet compared to that of a few month old baby the armor almost evaporates once it's attached becomes unknown leaving only the protective spell Bit like that one I'll put in this place. Terry explained, conveniently. (laughs) (laughs) You can't see it, but it's there. The old cursed evaporating (laughs) amulet. He's evaporated what I meant. I assume you meant like disappeared or... Yeah, because evaporate's quite a specific scientific thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's not like the clouds are going to soak up the amulet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's raining amulets out there. So you kind of clip it onto someone and, yeah, it just disappears and it's there as a literal protective shield. It says almost evaporates. Maybe there's like a little necklace or some shit like that. <laughs> oh, no. Let's find out because I've got a lot of questions about the armour of Fern already and it's very annoying. MC sat at the head of the table and reached for the amulet. He began moving some of the joints, making a gap so that it was able to fit Amy's form. Once he was finished, he laid the armour of Fern back down onto the table. Second thoughts? Louise asked. Second Third, fourth, fifth, MC replied. What's the worry? Gav wondered, trying to sound reassuring. Terry has assured us it's the real deal. Jay got it from what sounds like a good source. Uh Uh-oh. And it's going to protect your daughter's life. I just realised that maybe Jay should have mentioned that Grant Maloney is apparently Chip's new nemesis. (laughs) And it was all incredibly suspect. And yeah, maybe... Maybe. Even before this, MC went to a different dimension and got the uh, information about the armor. From the chokewank demon. <laughs> the child. Good point. Ch- the child, MC. The little <laughs> yeah. girl, you mean. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who knew the whereabouts of everything and everyone and just told them it was in New York without giving them a specific location or that it was owned by someone who's potentially incredibly evil. Yeah. And also, yeah, like, Jay did get it from the potentially evil person but MC got the information from the choke wang demon who likes to pretend to be a kid so the tapestry of this <laughs> MacGuffin is, uh, is... <laughs> like the source is uh, you know the, the sort of scale of reliability you know you have like academically sourced stuff from journals then you have like Wikipedia then you have the QAnon forums and then somewhere below that <laughs> is where they get all their information from <laughs> Because we've had some interesting explanations for certain magical items and yeah, stuff. Yeah. 
but this just seems to be the most bizarre. And I think because it's not so much funny as it is dumb. Mm. I think that's the, my biggest problem with it. It's not yeah. like I can really mock it because, like, I could see the, the effort. Mm. Or, in some ways, the lack of effort in trying to explain <laughs> this thing away. We don't have to do it, you know. Jay said. I mean, if you are worried at all, maybe we could do more research or something. MC thought for a few moments. The adrenaline running through his body was still there. It hadn't stopped, but he was extremely apprehensive now. When he was fighting the vampires just a short time ago, he wasn't afraid because it was something he could control with his own skill. Isn't the thing about something you control with your own skill, isn't that like a Muhammad Ali mm-hmm. quote or it something? It is a Muhammad Ali mm. quote, yeah. Yeah, well done, well recognised. Mm. <laughs> but this was out of his hands. It was up to him to make the decision. Conflicting thoughts ran through his head, but eventually he said, Okay, we're going to do it. Louise reached into the middle of the table and picked up the amulet while MC held Amy up. Louise admired the symbols on the amulet. Why? <laughs> oh, that's a nice circle. <laughs> what? <laughs> They're so pretty. She said, stroking the engraved marks. It's all like 666, <laughs> bunch of pentagrams, <laughs> definitely not cursed in Comic Sans. Of a dead baby on it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, oh no, is it like alluring to Louise for cursed reasons? Or is he just liking the pretty pictures? I think so, yeah. <laughs> she continued to look at them as she walked towards where MC and Amy were standing. Not looking where she was going, Louise tripped over her own feet and fell to the ground, dropping the armour of fern. It landed on her arm, <laughs> attaching itself to her and disappearing <laughs> as if swallowed by her skin. I did anticipate this. What, Louise having a pratfall? Yeah. And... <laughs> like Betty, Ho- Betty Hill, the fucking <laughs> sorcerer. Uh, it's a mystical Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> Another fine mess you got us into. <laughs> oh, no. So now Louise is wearing... How do you get it off if you can't see it? I don't know. Oh, no. He's going to be and pissed. cursed. <laughs> Not looking where she was going, Louise tripped over her own feet and fell to the ground, dropping the armour of fern. It landed on her arm, attaching itself to her and disappearing, as if swallowed by her skin. Are you okay? Gav said, helping her up. Fine, she replied, rubbing her elbows. What happened? You're wearing armour, Terry said. Everyone was standing around Louise now, looking as if she was a lost tourist, trying to ask for directions in a completely foreign language. That's an interesting metaphor to use there. So she's like holding a map and like a camera around her neck or... What do we do now? MC turned to face Terry. Oh, I'm not really sure. I guess we've got to get it off her and then put it onto Amy. How long will that take? Dunno. Terry shrugged. Never thought about having to take it off. There is one way, but... But what? Gav asked, joining the conversation. Guys! Jay said, pointing to Louise. Mm Mm-mm. Is she going to have, like, a ghost ninja again? Yeah. Very temporarily. <laughs> <laughs> the gang could only watch in horror as in a matter of a few seconds, Louise's eyes rolled into the back of her head and blood streamed from her nose. Uh-oh, curse! <laughs> she hit the ground with a loud thud, unable to put her arms out in front of her. Cuts appeared over her face like claw marks, and her arm began to come up in a thousands of boils, like it had been burnt. As everyone rushed towards her, a foamy white liquid leaked from her mouth and she went into uncomfortable spasms. So Grant Maloney was like, what should the curse do? Everything. <laughs> Cuts, boils, 
foam. <laughs> My God, can you imagine if this had happened to Amy and we'd have to describe it and then make jokes about it afterwards? <laughs> Meanwhile, MC's like, well... <laughs> I mean, look at the bright side. <laughs> but I think Terry makes a good point, though, because... Like, he just thought, oh, Amy will wear this protective amulet and she'll be protected. Mm. Not, how do we get it off? Mm. And now this has done this to Louise. Mm. What are the gang going to do? Mm. Oh, shit. It went on her arm, right? Yeah, Maybe but... Maybe you just chop it off. Maybe that's how you do it. You just lop off the body part that got it. God, I hope I never get cursed with you around. Jesus. <laughs> I've got an idea. MC, <laughs> why have you got an axe? <laughs> <laughs> it went on my forehead. It's fine. The vampire was beginning to get a bit bored waiting outside for someone to appear from inside the B&B. The passers-by looked awfully tempting as a snack. <laughs> Brian's getting hungry. He's hangry. <laughs> <laughs> the vampire's hearing picked up many sounds, including that of ambulance sirens in the distance. Vampire hearing. <laughs> Is it better than ninja hearing? Oh, I don't know right now. It's a more undead. Yeah. <laughs> undead vampire hearing. Maybe it's different. Like, he hears... Um... Sound. <laughs> Heartbeats or um, Sisters of Mercy or... <laughs> he can hear all the Anne Rice novels. <laughs> Quite quickly, those sirens got louder and louder as the ambulance got closer. Eventually, it came to a stop right outside the bed and breakfast. The vampire hid behind a bush and watched as the paramedics went in and quickly came out with a girl on a stretcher. She didn't look good. <laughs> what what tipped you off, Brian? Was it the boils, <laughs> the cuts, or the foam? She didn't look good. Four men, one of whom was the man that had attacked the vampire's friends earlier, followed her into the ambulance. The door slammed shut on the ambulance and it pulled away quickly. But now before picking up but now before picking up <laughs> an extra passenger as the vampire leapt on top, landing softly. So we're still running with Brian the vampire. He's, For some reason. Yeah, he's just going to go to the hospital. Is he going to... Are they going to somehow transfer the curse onto Brian or something? Or is he going to like feed on Louise and get the curse put on him? Or I mean, that doesn't sound entirely implausible hmm. for this series. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he knows MC's super strong, so I still don't know what Brian's plan is. Hmm. Uh, also going to point out Brian's not actually his name. We don't know his name, but he is Brian now. <laughs> It's canon. Maybe Gav will be like, go and feed on me! <laughs> Bite me! But yeah, I mean, this is obviously very serious what's happened to Louise. They've called an ambulance. Yeah. I don't really know how you explain this. She tripped, fell, landed in a mystical armour <laughs> that evaporated into her skin. Yeah. And now she's got boils. <laughs> Jay sat on the chairs in the waiting room. He held Amy on his lap and stared directly ahead into space. Terry was next to him, sat back in his chair, legs crossed and his arms folded across his chest. Gav paced the waiting room. Up and down he walked, not keeping to a steady pace, just walking and walking. MC leant against the wall on the far side. No one spoke. Would it be horrendous if I killed off the only female character? <laughs> I mean, there's Amy. Yeah, true. But I mean, it's not like Louise is that well represented either, to be yeah, fair. True. Suddenly, the door of the waiting room in the hospital opened and in walked a doctor carrying a clipboard. Because that's what doctors do. Doctors do all the time. Even when they're off duty, they've just got a clipboard all the time. I'm sorry, it wasn't like, and he had a stethoscope, and he had scrubs on, and he had bad handwriting. He had his diploma. (laughs) Hello, I am doctor. Everyone moved towards him, crowding the doctor. Who is she? Gav asked immediately. Truth is, we're not sure. We can't pinpoint exactly what is wrong with her. 
You're saying she was perfectly healthy before this incident? No complaints of chest pains or sickness? Nothing! She was fine until... earlier! Gav replied. The doctor wrote something down on his clipboard and then turned to face four worried faces. I'm afraid if we can't narrow down your friend's condition, she may not make it through the night. I'm sorry, gentlemen. Can we see her? MC asked. Of course. We've stabilised her condition for now. She's in a form of medicated coma. The gang quickly left the waiting room and headed for the ward Louise had been placed on. Putting back the curtain, they were shocked to see Louise lying on the bed with all sorts of wires coming out of her. The breathing machine she was hooked up to made a strange noise and went up and down. (laughs) There's lots of wires. She's on a breathing machine and it goes up and down and makes strange noises. Medical degree complete. So the level of research she must have done is incredible. I'm surprised she's not sat in one of those like really old-fashioned iron lungs. <laughs> I used to love the doctor, which is like, like I don't know what's wrong with Louise. Like, okay, I understand she's got like almost like plague-like symptoms, sure. like, boils, cuts, that sort of thing. But like, there must be something really wrong with her. The doctor's like, she might die. <laughs> like, what is wrong with her? Like, are the boils like, inside her lungs? Like, what is going on? What is has she been diagnosed with? I guess they don't know the condition, but you can see the symptoms. And the symptoms themselves are yeah, but possibly like, fatal. Is her heart slowing? Is her, I mean, she obviously can't breathe Maybe on her own. they right? don't want to say, uh, yes, the cuts on her face are spreading into her brain. <laughs> and her lungs are filled with foam. I just feel like the doctor would have more questions or at least would be able to narrow down what was wrong with her and explain it better. You know, if this was written by an actual writer, not some dickhead. (laughs) The gang quickly left the waiting room and headed for the ward Louise had been placed on. Pulling back the curtain, they were shocked to see Louise lying on the bed with all sorts of wires coming out of her. The breathing machine she was hooked up to made a strange noise and went up and down. There was a gentle beep from the heart monitor. We have to tell them what really happened. Jay spoke in a slightly high-pitched manner, (laughs) trying to conceal his emotion. Don't be stupid, Jay! Gav snapped. They never believe us! He's right, son. Terry added. But I might have something I can help. He reached into his pocket and pulled out a black cross made out of what looked like burnt wood and stained with dried blood. That doesn't sound awkward at all. No. That doesn't sound like it's going to be a bad thing. (laughs) Sounds the most holiest of crosses. A burnt cross covered in dried blood. Oh, Lord, your faithful servant. (laughs) Here's the thing your son died on, but I burnt it and covered it in the blood of people. What the hell is that? MC wanted to know. A fair question, MC. Mm -hmm. A fair question. It's called the Cross of Absolution. It drives spells of the flesh out of the host. It'll get the amulet out of her body. It might help her come out of whatever it is that's poisoned her. So fucking convenient. Like he's just covered with this like fucking horrible cross. It's like, yeah, this would do exactly what we need it to. When he's leaving the house, he's like, all right, wallet, keys, cross of absolution. <laughs> like, it's not even a meme anymore that Terry is just exposition yeah. and the convenience of just having all the right things, knowing all the right people. He knew someone who could get rid of a nuclear bomb <laughs> on top of a building. He knew someone who just happened to know there were vampires somewhere. And he just happens to have the cross of absolution, which does exactly what they need right now. But he's waited until they got to the hospital hospital to bring it out <laughs> Terry's no longer my favourite character I'm just saying oh my god it's serious I'm done oh, wow. I'm done MC okay, okay. it's called the cross of absolution it drafts spells of the flesh out of the host it'll get the amulet out of her body 
It might help her come out of whatever it is that's poisoned her. Will it hurt? Gav asked. He was holding Louise's hand. Nah, but only because she's out of it. There might be some scarring. I can't promise anything. <laughs> yeah, that, that cross sounds like it definitely wouldn't scar anyone. Jesus. <laughs> I'm scarred just reading about it. Terry slowly placed the cross on Louise's arm where the amulet had attached itself. Her entire arm began to shake quite violently. Gav was just about to pull Terry away when the amulet reappeared on her arm. Terry quickly pulled it away and placed it into his jacket pocket. I'll take this home and see what I can find out about it, about what went wrong. You carry the cross of absolution about with you all the time, Terry. MC asked menacingly. No, ah. Uh... So you bought it along because you thought there was a chance something could go wrong? I thought it's better to be safe than sorry, mate, Terry replied. I'd say we were pretty sorry about now. I don't know whether to be happy or sad that it's Louise lying there rather than Amy. MC, Jay said, Terry's not to blame. Now let him go home and try to figure all this out. MC nodded and said, OK, I got somewhere I need to be too. We got the information about the armour of Fern from Inca. If anyone knows why this happened, it'd be the shape-shifting demon that knows everything. I mean, <laughs> if anyone knows why this happened, it's the thing that knows everything. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That is a correct statement. Yeah. I think we said this when Inca first appeared about why didn't doesn't everyone just go to Inca about everything then? Mm-hmm. Because surely the thing that knows everything... Creepy. That's true. That is very true. Oh, God. We're going to have to see her again, aren't we? Oh, no. Oh, or it again. Oh, no. Oh, God. I'll take Amy home. Hold the fort back there, said Jay. What about you? MC asked Gav as he went to leave with Jay and Terry. I'm going to stay here. Gav didn't even look up. He just gripped Louise's hand and sat down next to her. On the way up the hospital, MC, Jay and Terry passed a newspaper stand. Hiding behind the stand was the vampire that had followed them to the hospital. He watched the men leave. The strong one that had attacked his friends was leaving the two others. That meant there was one more along with the girl who had been on the stretched. (laughs) (laughs) So what they do when you're sick, they put you on the stretched. Make you three foot longer and everything's better. The vampire smiled and walked down the corridor, looking for the woman. His friends had been killed that night. He was about to extend the same token to their murderer. Maybe your theory's going to prove right Mm. then. I mean, Gav's there though. Yeah, but he'll just let the vampire bite him and be like, oh, I'm not into this or anything. (laughs) So, clearly the Cross of Absolution has done something. It's got the amulet off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's more accurate. But it hasn't healed her. But they didn't yeah. like go and get a doctor to be like, can you just check her over, see if she's magically getting better or anything like that? So the curse stays? I Or maybe like the curse has gone, but the damage is still there. I don't know, because there's three separate things. There's like mm. the amulet, there's the curse, and then there's the actual physical damage, the cuts and boils and foam. Mm. Um, and we don't know what the Cross of Absolution has... <laughs> done other than we know it's got the amulet out but beyond that who knows yeah and terry brought that along just in case he had to use it on amy i guess yeah okay i don't think i pre-planned that i think i just thought of it and was like oh perfect yeah that'll work (laughs) i mean does it kind of makes sense and mc's pissed because he's like well terry thought something might go wrong yeah but i guess terry was just being prepared yeah yeah and mc wants someone to blame and yeah yeah because he's not good with his emotions (laughs) 
<laughs> Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? I know. I do think, though, like, um, there's... Do you know the term frigging? No. It's like where uh, something happens to your female character to make all the male characters have something to fight for. Ah. I might be butchering that, but it's, it's something along right, those lines. Right, right. Uh, and I feel like this is exactly what I've done yeah. here. Yeah. And you know, it, it kind of works in the sense that Louise is, you know in some ways the most rational one she's the one that it, it gets everything dumped on her especially with mc like yeah. she has to look after amy and stuff like that and it, it feels like a lot of the time especially this season louise is the one trying to hold it all together sure so i guess like something bad happening to her she's the the um multi-jointed amulet that holds the group together <laughs> Minus the curse. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, it's very easy to go, oh no, now the men have to fight for the yeah, woman. Yeah. Yeah. A few hours had passed since Louise had been rushed into hospital with a mysterious illness that was threatening her life. Terry was now back at the King's Crown public house, working upstairs in a small flat above the pub. The armour of fern was laid out on a small, broken and stained coffee table in Terry's untidy living room. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if he fell onto it next? <laughs> <laughs> He was handling it with care, doing his best to avoid accidentally attaching the amulet to his body and being struck down with whatever it was that was causing Louise's condition. Having spoken to a few of his magical mates... (laughs) That's how I'm going to start referring to my friends. You're all my magical mates. Having spoken to a few of his magical mates, Terry was still none the wiser about why this would have gone wrong. His friends in the magic circle had confirmed that this was indeed the armour of Fern then this should not be happening. Isn't the magic circle the thing that, like, wizards are not magicians, stage magicians are part of? And they're, it's they're, all a front, MC. It's all a front. They're no. really wizards. It's just a bunch of, like, stage conjurers who do, like, card tricks and stuff, just looking utterly perplexed as Terry's like, Why? So we've got the armour of fur, which, as you all know, is an ancient mystical amulet that provides uh, supernatural protection. And they're like, Terry, mate, I can... I can handkerchiefs out of my sleeve very long flags disappearing rabbit I can do that well Terry did say he was an amateur so this is where you start his friends in the magic circle had confirmed that if this was indeed the armour of Fern then this should not be happening some very powerful men had designed it to a protective amulet nothing more to be a protective amulet I think I assume so yeah there was one thing Terry was hoping he wouldn't have to try Something he had never tried before, given his limitations when it came to his supernatural knowledge and competency with the black arts. He's going to put like a straight jacket on and trying to get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Everything form of magic and every spell is a force, a powerful force, no matter how small or insignificant. Magic is about bending the laws of nature in a way it's never been done before. Therefore, every spell would have some source, similar to that of a DNA coding in the human body. Alright, prepared. (laughs) Teenage Chip is trying to explain something he knows nothing about. Here we go. (laughs) Strap yourself in. Although it's magic, there's still a structure and a form of science to it. Terry's plan was to connect himself to the force inside the amulet, the spell that was supposed to make it protective. He would do this by disconnecting himself from reality and making himself one with the force that creates magic, allowing him to see any erroneous mistakes or anything that would be out of place. Whoa. Okay, <laughs> okay so uh, it's, it's like he is looking at the magical source code of the oh, amulet. Yeah, there you go. And he's going to plug himself into the magic matrix. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's a bit like when Dom went into a trance for 24 hours. So he could find his car keys. (laughs) (laughs) A few minutes of gentle chanting and focusing his mind, and Terry felt his very essence very slowly descend away from his human form and connect with the magical force within the room. His anchor to this plane of existence meant Terry would have to divide his mind into two, keeping one aspect locked onto something very real in this world. It's like Inception. Sure. Yeah, Terry's just got a big spinning top next to him. (laughs) Terry's choice was football. (laughs) And he imagined himself watching West Ham United on a Saturday afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Wait, and that's him staying to reality. (laughs) He's lying (laughs) about what's happening. The other side of his mind homed in on the amulet. Although Terry wasn't able to see the structure with his own eyes, he was able to feel it. Suddenly, Terry came out of his trance, back into the real world. He looked at the amulet and said to himself, It's been tampered with! No shit, Terry. (laughs) Was it the boils? Did that not give you a clue? How... All that build-up, all this, like, talking about magic and how you Mm. get into the magic and having to tether your mind to this reality Mm. while you sleep off into something else. Oh, it's broken. (laughs) (laughs) No, mate, you've got to get a new one. (laughs) What, do you get this from Wish or something? (laughs) Oh, it's past its guarantee, mate. (laughs) Oh, what a pointless fucking bunch of paragraphs that was. I'm sure he'll explain more. It's it's like the the lead-up to him finding out more yeah true and this is Terry we're speaking about yeah. so he's probably learned everything exactly. oh it was cursed by some bloke called Grant Maloney <laughs> what the hell did you send to us MC demanded to know as he slammed the form of Inca that of a little girl against the wall of her cave hideaway I did not send anything to you I gave you the information to me we put you on a path and look where that path has gotten us show me your real form I want to see the mysterious Inca for what it really is my form is of my own choosing, but if you'd like something else, something you wouldn't feel so guilty about threatening, how about this? Inca's form changed from that of a little girl to Emsie's friend, Louise. The ninja threw Inca to the ground. He clearly doesn't care about Louise's feelings, <laughs> so I'm not sure why Inca thought that would work. I thought you meant to know everything, mate. <laughs> why do you think Inca's trying to mess with him? Yeah. Because, you know, when, I mean, when Emerson went to visit her before, she was a little girl and went, strangle me to death. <laughs> so I think it's a very mischievous demon yeah. in that sort of sense. Oh, when's she going to turn into Tifa? <gasps> oh my oh, God. And then Emerson's going to snap and kill her. <laughs> Like, out of anger because of Inca impersonating Tifa, not because he's like... <laughs> hey, if you turn You into- killed my DeSoto, you bitch! <laughs> the ninja threw Inca to the ground. I know you're not Louise. My friend is lying in a hospital bed, fighting for her life because of something you suggested would protect my daughter. So, Inca, I think it's time you start talking. There really is nothing for me to say. I can only see what exists currently. If anything was to change between the time I have seen it and it has been retrieved, then that is down to the gods. Something was changed on the amulet? MC asked, trying to understand. Something indeed. The article and scroll I gave to you were genuine information. I play no part in this situation, the Inca form of Louise said. Who changed it? And why? I know what you're thinking, Ninja. You think the very nice man from the December form has returned with his thirst for revenge. Well... On this occasion, you are wrong, but he'll be making his presence known again, very soon. Inca smiled. 
Ooh. Mm. Oh, look, another pesky prophecy has uh, come about. Another mysterious antagonist. Yeah. And again, Inca being all like, <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to chase me. <laughs> the man who threatened to kill your daughter is coming. You like to tease with your knowledge, MC said, beginning to get a little annoyed. Why don't you just tell me straight what is going on and anything else you know? Otherwise, your request for me to end your life won't be a joke. I asked you to do that to test your faith. And of course, to have a little fun of my own. Likes a choke wank. <laughs> Stop it. But I also told you that I was sick and tired of people thinking they had the right to question me and abuse my knowledge for their own personal gain. Moving like a starving greyhound chasing a hare. <laughs> sure. <laughs> MC reached into his jacket pocket and threw a ninja star towards Inca, aiming for the demon's shoulder. He wasn't in the mood for chatting any longer. But Inca surprised MC. It caught the star in its hand and then jumped high into the air, moving into a forward roll and landed with its feet on MC's shoulders, knocking the ninja to the ground. He quickly got to his feet, but Inca was nowhere to be seen. He was alone in the room. Dusting himself off, MC knew it was pointless trying to track down a shape-shifting demon that moved as fast as that. Is that going to be the last we see of Inca, do you think? Do you think that was her goodbye or its goodbye? I don't know. Um, it's a very convenient plot device. You yeah, know? I do. They said about how they hated being, they were sick of being used for their knowledge and blah, mm. blah, blah. So maybe that's your way of saying that they wouldn't, they weren't going to cooperate anymore. Yeah, I think so. I mm. think that's it. The touch on his shoulder caused Gav to swiftly bring his head up from its resting position on Louise's bed. He had hoped to discover the touch had come from his comatose girlfriend, but alas, it was not to be. Standing next to Gav was the nurse that had treated him for his neck wounds after being bitten by a vampire just a short time ago. Oh, I remember her. She, hmm. Yeah, she hit on Gav. Yeah. yeah, and now she's going to do it again in front of his <laughs> dying girlfriend. Well, you know, I mean, if she doesn't make it... <laughs> so you're going to be single again soon? <laughs> she had then attempted to give Gav her phone number, but had been forced to take rejection. <laughs> what That's a, a very <laughs> incel way of putting it. Oh no, teenage incel chip. <laughs> Just checking up? She smiled softly. Oh, hi. Gav replied. He looked at Louise sadly. Good to see your neck is healing nicely. The nurse pointed to the bite mark on Gav's neck, which was beginning to scar over now. Yeah. His response was full of concern and not for his own well-being. The nurse took hold of Louise's wrist and looked at the small watch that was attached to her uniform. Because, again, that's what nurses do. <laughs> All the while, Gav did not move his eyes from Louise. You can tell you really love her, the nurse said. This caused Gav to look up. And if you keep positive, that love will only do her good. She smiled. Gav managed a polite smile in reply. As the nurse left the room, he couldn't help wish he could do more other than love right now. As the nurse left the ward, she passed a man waiting outside. A man not connected to any of the patients there in the hospital. A man who had no business being there. A man who, in fact, wasn't a man, but a creature of the night. I like to think the nurse, like, just having these realisations as she got a bit closer to him, like, oh, he's not connected to anyone in the hospital. He shouldn't be here. He's a creature of the night! <laughs> she probably gave him her phone number. <laughs> the vampire watched the nurse leave, then entered the hospital ward where Louise was. That vampire's taken a very long time just like really is it, I think is he like sneaking behind like boxes and stuff so he doesn't get seen he's just like stealthing his way in solid snaking it <laughs> Jesus Christ 
Terry declared, noticing MC standing in his dark doorway. Don't you knock, MC, mate? Find anything? MC replied, not in the mood for conversation. Yeah, it's not good. Tell me. There was a spell that was placed on the amulet. This ancient protection spell. It's been tampered with. In what way? Oh, I can't say for sure. A cloaking spell designed to cover the good magic and replacing it with, well, whatever has caused Louise's condition. I can't really say any more than that, mate. But I promise you, if it's a mystical illness, there'll be a mystical cure and I'm going to find it. Thanks, Terry. MC turned to leave when the pub landlord called him back. You know, MC, I'm not looking to fall out with you, but I do want an apology. I don't like to be threatened, especially by people who call me friends. <laughs> Thank you for standing up to MC, Terry. Yeah, Terry's not taking any shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, Terry. MC faced him. I'm just looking for someone to blame for all this mess. My daughter could have died tonight. Instead, one of my close friends is fighting for her life. It wasn't your fault. Okay, fair enough. I thought MC was not going to do that. Yeah, I thought he was going to be like, go fuck yourself, Terry. Like, I'll <laughs> murder you, you bastard. <laughs> Apology accepted. Did you get anything from Inca? Nothing. He, she, it wasn't in the talking mood. Besides, it did send us after the correct thing. True. This is definitely the armour of Fern. Is someone coming after me through, Amy? Tannis did make a threat. I don't know, mate. Whoever did this has power. The kind of power I could never have. Terry folded his arms. I guess there's always something coming after the good guys. I like how Terry's getting insecure about his power. Yeah, he's like, oh, Terry, the size of the power doesn't matter, Terry. It's how you use it. <laughs> it's the motion know? of the ocean. <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad MC and Terry didn't fall out. Yeah, and same. there's an understanding there from MC. And yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Feeling another presence in the room and expecting it to be the nurse once again, Gav moved his head up a little and rubbed his eyes. The vampire in the room didn't give him time to react as he leapt forward and tackled Gav right out of his wooden chair. Convenient that it's wooden, MC. I wonder if that will come back into play later. Oh, hang on. It crushed into pieces under the impact. Into a bunch of stakes. <laughs> a bunch of pointy wooden stakes. As they struggled on the ground, the vampire managed to pin Gav's arm down to the ground. I see you've been tasted before. The vampire said. He's definitely a Brian. <laughs> As he moved in for a bite, Gav raised his knee into the vampire's groin, a weak spot even for the living dead. This enabled Gav to free one of his arms as the vamp grabbed hold of the now very sore spot. Ramming his head several times into the vampire's face, Gav was able to roll free and get to his feet. He wrapped his arms around the demon and slammed it against the wall. The vampire pushed off the wall, using his legs, sending the pair over a comatose Louise and onto the floor on the other side. Gav went for a kick to the head when they both regained the composure, but the vampire caught it and threw Gav across the room, slamming onto the wall on the other side. Drink? Mm, hey! <laughs> Hospital drink. <laughs> Get something from the vending machine. <laughs> the vampire looked at Louise, and a dash of drool dropped from his mouth and onto the bedsheets. Before it could even think about sinking its fangs in, he lost his footing as Gav appeared from underneath the bed, delivering a leg trip. With the vampire floored, Gav dropped his knee onto the vamp's chest and drove the sharpest piece of broken chair he could find right through its heart as hard as he could. The vampire turned to dust. Just after, the nurse came running in to find a tired-looking Gav sitting on the floor and a broken chair on the other side of the room. What happened? Just a little frustrated! 
Gav replied, still feeling an enormous amount of rage. Well, Brian was fucking useless, wasn't he? <laughs> Why was Brian there? What was the well, point? Just to have, like, almost like keep, a secondary story going Gav, on. Keep Gav occupied. But it's not even like that was the thing, because he just died immediately. They had a scuffle in Louise's hospital room. Oh, maybe, maybe we'll be explained. <sighs> I, maybe they'll be justified. Then maybe there's some sort of justification. We'll I, find out. We'll yeah, find we'll out. find out. We can moan about it in the aftermath, if yeah. not. The Tokyo Memorial bed and breakfast was quiet as MC entered the reception air. Ah, the reception ah. <laughs> <laughs> he immediately went over to the checking desk and picked up the phone. Within a few seconds, he was through to the hospital and speaking to a still panting Gav. You okay? MC asked, a little surprised. No, I'm not okay! Gav shouted back. I just got jumped by a bloody vamp! Probably followed you back from when you cleared out that nest from earlier! I thought I got them all. Is everything okay? Is Louise? She's fine. Bastard didn't have a chance to get to her. I'll be in soon with some of her things. Let me know if there's any change. Gav hung up. He didn't sound too pleased, but MC didn't really care what Gav's thoughts were to him right now. Just for a change. Yeah, just He's for a change. He's normally so concerned <laughs> with his friends. I mean, especially him and Gav. They're so buddy-buddy. <laughs> like, you can't separate them. Hey! Jay said, appearing from upstairs. I thought I heard a voice. Managed to find anything out? One or two things. Oh yeah? Like what? Jay walked to the desk. Every since we rushed Louise into hospital earlier, I've been looking for someone to blame. Apparently it isn't Tanner's coming after me. Terry seems to think we couldn't have known the spell had been affected, and even Inca is an innocent party in this. MC kept his back to Jay as he spoke. So what are you saying, MC? What I'm saying, Jay, is... MC turned to face his friend. You're the one who wanted to go to New York so badly... You're the one who found the amulet in America, and you're the one who brought it back. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. What we said was going to happen is happening. Yep. MC's being a fucking bellend. <laughs> Just for a chance. Oh no. MC, no, I... Louise is lying in that bed close to death because of you, Jay. Oh, oh I feel uncomfortable. Oh no. Oh. I don't like this. This is bad. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> Even by the standards of this podcast. <laughs> Louise is lying in that bed close to death because of you, Jay. Amy could have been killed tonight because of you, Jay. You are the cause of all this. MC's voice rose a little. Definitely all Jay's fault. <laughs> That's crazy. I, I, I never meant for... MC grabbed Jay by the scruff of his clothing and dragged him to the door. MC, what are you doing, for the love of God? Jay squealed. The ninja opened the door to the B&B and threw Jay outside. If I ever see you again, Jay, I will kill you. Do you understand? MC slammed the door to the bed and breakfast, leaving a bewildered and broken down Jay on the front garden. For fuck's sake, MC. Oh my God. Like, it doesn't make any sense. I know. Because I think you could almost blame... The other people more. Yeah. It's like you could blame Inca for like, having her stupid riddles around, oh, uh, what, yeah, what yeah, might have yeah, changed yeah. and la la la. I mean, you can almost blame Terry for maybe not speaking up about his concerns. concerns. Or doing a thorough enough check or like he could have done the weird mystical source yeah. code thing. Jay is just the messenger. Jay literally, yeah, is the courier. Yeah, he literally Don't said... Don't shoot the messenger, MC. <laughs> have you not heard? Jay literally said... Look, I will go to New York because you should stay here and protect Amy. Gav's a good yeah. fighter. Louise is yeah, yeah, good yeah. at running the B&B. I will go and do this yeah. because I want to help. The only shady thing, we did mention earlier the shady thing, is that 
there was something weird about Grant Maloney and Chip suspected him and blah, but blah, blah. MC doesn't know that. Yeah, true, if, if true. MC, if Jay had said that, like, oh, uh, I was with Chip and, uh, you know, he thought this guy might be a bit funny, so maybe we should check. Yeah. Like, that would make sense. If they told that to MC, I could see why MC would be freaking out a bit yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. But, but you're he right, doesn't. he doesn't. So he's, I mean, he's not quite justified, but with his, the knowledge that this character has, yeah. he's not at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just threatened to kill one of his oldest friends. Yeah. He sure has. I, I'm. Oh. I, I was so uncomfortable reading that. Like I know it's yeah, just dude. terrible <laughs> fiction, but I, I was genuinely like, oh no. I felt I very uncomfortable like saying it. it. Yeah. Oh no, Jay. I know. I hope Jay just gets his own spin-off now. <laughs> yeah, I, the one with him and Ridley. Everything goes really nice. <laughs> He goes for a picnic with Ridley, <laughs> have a nice chat. It's basically like a CBBC show. <laughs> Jay is the new Peppa Pig. <laughs> Sitting alone in his flat, holding a pint of beer, Terry continued to study the amulet. His usually untidy flat was even more so, as nearly every spell and magic book he owned was sprawled out across the floor, open at certain places. Terry rubbed the tiredness from his eyes, trying to keep them open. It was going to be a long night. MC carried a bag into his room, full of Louise's bits. <laughs> Louise's bits? <laughs> okay. Items of clothing, photo frames from her bedside, and a few other things to make her feel more comfortable during her stay in the hospital. It might be for a while. He scooped Amy up in his arms and prepared to leave for the hospital. Looking at his daughter, MC couldn't shake the feeling that if it had been her to suffer the wrath of the amulet, he wouldn't feel as bad as he did for his friend. MC had to shake that thought from his mind, however. Being a dad was hard enough without wishing a mystical illness on your only child. It's kind of implying there isn't any guilt over wishing that this horrific mystical illness appeared on his baby daughter that is an angel. It's like, ah, oh, it's hard enough being a dad. Is MC more evil than Chip ever was? <laughs> because Chip was full panto villain, you know, like, yeah. ha ha, I will end the world, ha ha. MC's like, don't care if my daughter dies, hate my friends. Like, <laughs> my God. He's amoral. He's just without morals. He's just a dick. <laughs> and I, I always kind of thought we were doing this thing with MC where obviously, you know, his grief over leaving T- uh, losing Tifa sure. was the thing that was plaguing him most. Yeah. But how is he going to come back and be the hero after this? I don't know. Jesus Christ. I don't know. Louise continued to lay motionless on the hospital bed and Gav kept a vigil by her side, always holding her hand. He pulled it up to his mouth and gentle kissed it. (laughs) I love a gentle kiss. (laughs) And gentle kissed it. His eyes were wet from the build-up of tears. Jay, oh God. Jay clutched his jacket close to him as he sat down in the alleyway. He'd been wandering around London for a while, trying to find somewhere to go. He had nowhere, and truth be told, there was only one place he wanted to go. Back to the B&B. That option had been taken away from him though, and he was left alone in a dark back street, trying to make sense of it all, and to keep himself from breaking down. As the rain started to fall from the heavens above, Jay was finally unable to keep his defences up. He sobbed into his clothing, slowly at first, but more and more floods of tears came. Oh my God, that was the most depressing paragraph I've ever done on this podcast. Oh my God. Jay is crying in a dark alley by himself in the rain. Holy shit, man. 
I'm going to need a hug after this. I'm going to go and find Jay and hug him in real life. (laughs) The hospital was pretty quiet this late at night slash early in the morning. MC appeared in the doorway of Louise's room, carrying her bag. Gav was awake. He hadn't drifted off to sleep since the vampire attack. Anything? The ninja asked. Nothing. She just lies there. She looks peaceful, doesn't she? Right, she's just sleeping. I keep expecting her to wake up and moan because I've stolen the covers. MC dropped the bag beside the bed. Louise will pull through, Gav. He looked down at his friend. She has to. And that's the end of A Friend in Need, part two. Woof. Well, what did we think of that episode, MC? Well, I mean, clearly A Friend in Need is meant to refer to Louise, but could it also refer to Jay? It has multiple meanings. So layered like an onion. (laughs) Oh, Oh, I, I just can't get beyond the bit with MC being a fucking horrible... A horrible, evil person to Jay. I mean, it is literally the the worst episode in the sense of like MC's being a cunt. Yeah. Jay has had his heart ripped out of his chest and is now homeless. Yeah. And Louise is dying. <laughs> and Gav is a bit sad, I guess. Um, it's just, oh my god. It's 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 kind of like a soap opera. Yeah. Where things are just over the top bad. Yeah. And we kind of thought, like, a couple of weeks ago when Amy, uh, sorry, MC was like, hey guys, Amy is an angel, we haven't mm. done the right thing up until now, mm. let's try and protect her. Mm. And then Jay trundled off to America, and then MC mm. just killed a vampire, and it seemed like we, and the December form were pretty much gone, that uh, that early threat of the nuclear bomb had at least had been stopped. Yeah. So it kind of seemed like, oh, don't worry, we're going to turn a corner slightly, and sure. then it's just like, ha <laughs> fuck you. I know, I'm just, honestly, I'm just so sick of MC being just so in desperate need of just going to see a fucking therapist <laughs> like just oh, his his complete inability to handle his own emotions in mm-hmm. any health or sane or rational way is just mm-hmm. fucking ridiculous yeah yeah it really is and I know like kind of you know the time I've been writing this I think going to therapy wasn't necessarily such an a accepted yeah, thing yeah well, it doesn't have to be therapy just talk to a friend or fucking <laughs> have a bit of a think or a cry or just go for a nice walk <laughs> It really leans into that whole idea of like almost a Whedon thing as well, like almost torturing your characters yeah. to get the drama, yeah, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. my God, I'm really worried that this season isn't going to end on a victorious note. Yeah. Because in theory, we're two thirds of the way through it now. Yeah. And we've just really hit the lowest point that we've ever had. Yeah. But it, the whole season feels like the most depressing season yeah. ever, right? Yeah. I mean, what sort of moments of light has there been in this? Like, what funny things have happened? I feel like in the previous three seasons, Mara Gason, yeah. we've been able to laugh at the, the shitness and some of the jokes and the yeah, silliness yeah. of it. I mean, there was a bit where they forgot Dom, yeah. but I'm not sure if that... I mean, that, I think that was played for laughs, but it just seemed silly. Yeah. I mean, what what moments have there been? Oh, um, the singing vampire? Yes. Maybe? The giraffe demon, or was that That Chip? was in Chip, damn it. Chip, Chip who was so depressed he tried to end the world and kill himself and everyone else. Chip and then, is the dark, angsty spin-off yeah. that has been out-darked and angstied <laughs> by the original series. Oh. Do you know what it does kind of remind me of? It yeah. kind of reminds me a bit of season six of Buffy. Right. Which is when she comes back from after being killed right. and she's just having such a hard time kind of adjusting. Right. And that kind of just affects everything. You right. know, like everyone's kind of a bit fucked up. And right, then obviously, right, right. yeah, Willow goes a bit evil and stuff like that as well. So... It kind of reminds me in that, but just so much worse. Yeah. Just so much bleaker and darker and more horrible. And we're recording this on a very grey and wet <laughs> December Sunday day. And let's I just, just 
let's just go watch videos on YouTube of like cute kittens or something. Yeah, I want to go and lick a puppy or something. I lick just need puppy. something. I don't. That was fraudulent. But okay. <laughs> <sighs> well, we're gonna go lick puppies. <laughs> well, I said fraudulent when I meant Freudian as well. So <laughs> I don't know what the heck is going on right now. Well, if you need, genuinely need someone to talk to, if you've been a bit sad lately and this has just made things so much worse, <laughs> there are numerous ways in which you can get in touch and we'll do our best to help you because, my God, the world needs a lot of love right now. Oh. You can find us on Facebook. Where, I don't even want to be chipper. Like, I just want to, like... You can find us on Facebook. <laughs> just Google good therapists in your area. But you can find us on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash howiripthoffpodcast. And we are also on Twitter at howiripthoff. <laughs> And you can find our entire back catalogue, and I promise you, it's a lot brighter than this fucking episode. That's available on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, and YouTube. And if you want to tell us about licking puppies, <laughs> or what what Freudian explanation there could be for saying licking puppies, please tell us. Uh, you can leave a rating and review. Um, it will help us a lot, and hopefully it will like, retroactively cheer up teenage Chip. <laughs> Yeah, leave a five-star rating based on how much therapy I fucking needed back then. 